Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, there's been some upset and disappointment on the Beira Peninsula with the news that co-action West Cork are to temporarily close their residential and respite homes in Castletown Bear. Joining me to explain the reason behind these closures is Gubnet Nee Crowley, who is CEO of uh, Coaction. Good afternoon to you, Gubnet. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you, Thank you very much for the call. Well, you're very welcome. Now, you, you issued us last week with a press release explaining that the closures are down to lack of staffing. So let's start there. How many staff uh, are you looking for and at what level of qualification would you need to keep these houses open? Okay, so what we need is we need a person who's competent and qualified at social care leader level. And and that would mean that a person would have to have a a degree in social care. They would need to have a qualification in management. And they would also need um, experience of working in the front line in care work, as well as experience of supervision and management. And those requirements come from HICWA, the Health um, and Information Quality Authority, in terms of the qualification requirements in order for us to have centres, what we call designated centres. That's the qualification. Coming after that, then, we have social care workers. And so we would have to have a minimum of a social care leader in order to have the house, if you like, compliant with the regulations. And then to assist the leader, you would need social care workers, at least one in each house, to support the social care leader could work across the two houses and then you would have support staff behind that again um, to support the people and the residents. And is it the social care leader level position is the trickiest one Both to fill? the social care leader and the social care workers are the particular challenges for us right across Coaction indeed, not just in Beira. I suppose Beira is, is more challenging than the other areas for those particular posts but we, we generally struggle um, to, to recruit successfully. We often have to go to advert two and three and four times to fill those positions right across co-action. And why is, why is Beira? Is it the remote nature of where the houses are? I think Beira, particularly because of its remote nature, um, the, yeah, I think, I think the remoteness is certainly a, con- a significant contributory factor. I think right across co-action, we're having recruitment challenges and we have been for quite some time. I think the other significant uh, factor that we would attribute it to is the lack of pay parity. So Coaction is a Section 39 organisation and our funding regime and arrangements with the HSE would be different to those of Section 38 in the HSE. So we would have situations where our staff are working alongside staff employed by the HSE and they would be on different pay grades and they would have different um, terms and conditions of employment. That so issue, that's a particular that's, challenge for yeah, us. That's that bigger issue. than Coaction. It's not something yeah. we can 
we, we, can, we, we can't fix that locally. And that's why so many of the voluntary organisations are losing staff to HSE. Indeed. But I suppose just to say, Patricia, retention isn't our biggest challenge right now. It's getting the people in. Um, it's where we're most challenged. I think a lot of staff who work with us in Coaction, we have, we have a great staff team um, and, and a lot of our staff stay with us for a very long time. So we're very grateful to those staff who are very committed to Coaction and what we do. It's getting the people in is where we, we, we're, we're most challenged at the moment. And the government, these are full-time jobs we're talking about. Um, there, some of them are full-time, Patricia, and some of them are part-time. And I suppose for many of our staff, you'll probably be aware, I suppose we're predominantly a female workforce. Um, and many of the staff that we would employ are um, would have young families. So not everybody wants a full-time job. And I suppose because of the sector that we're in, we can facilitate part-time work for a lot of people who would prefer maybe not to be committed to a full-time job. But some of our positions, of course, are full-time as well. Okay, and I know in your press release, you, you, I mean, you, you clearly say that relocating people is very much a last resort. Absolutely, I can't emphasise that enough, Patricia. Was there, was there any possibility of relocating staff? Oh, we absolutely looked at that, of course. Um, and I suppose the reality right now for co-action is that if we ro- relocate staff down to Castledown Bear, we're effectively closing a house in another area. So it's just we're, passing the we problem have staff on. shortages across. So I suppose it's, it, it's not the solution to the problem. It's only creating a problem in another area for us. Unfortunately, it's not certain we would have looked absolutely at redeploying staff if that was going, if we had, if we had the luxury of surplus staff in another area that, that could have been easily redeployed. We certainly would have done that. And did you just lose all of the staff that were working in those houses? Where did those staff go, the ones that were originally there? I suppose just because we're on radio, Patricia, I might, I might just say it's, it's due to statutory leave entitlements that people would have um, so that it's temporary leave. So we haven't lost people, as in people haven't resigned, but people are, are availing of their statutory leave entitlements, um, which we, of course, as an employer, have to honour. Okay, um, so but so, that, so they return to work. We, we are actively recruiting at the moment to try and fill those gaps. Okay, um, but we do struggle a lot with filling those those short term absences, if you like. Is this a nationwide issue, uh, Governor? Are other service providers finding it hard to secure qualified Definitely staff? Definitely, from talking to the Federation of Nas- uh, the National Federation of Voluntary Service Providers, we would have had a meeting there about two or three weeks ago now, um, and it is um, a really, really, really national concern and a national issue. The the recruitment challenges that we're all facing, um, other agencies, perhaps more than ourselves, are also facing retention challenges. Um, it, our challenge is recruitment, and yes, it is, Patricia, very much a national issue at the moment. Um, very much so a national concern. Okay, and then some of the families contacting us, mm. uh, Governor felt your communication with families. Are, are you aware that families feel that you're not keeping them up to date with what's happening? I suppose I am to some extent, Patricia, not entirely. I suppose maybe if I can explain, I think with COVID-19, I think communication has been extremely challenged. So I think that people have, have spent 18 months largely at home with some element of service. Uh, and because of the public health restrictions, we have been restricted in our movements as managers and also staff have been restricted. Um, so I think communication has certainly been, I suppose, damaged by the pandemic. Um, I suppose on this particular situation, there was a very clear communication strategy, I suppose, discussed by the senior management team and by the board of trustees um, in terms of when and who we would communicate. So I suppose there was a communication to staff, people supported and families all on the one day in relation to the decision. And then the chair of our board would have communicated with the local branch as well as the other branch chairs. Um, and then the other families within Bear would have been communicated with, if you like, second 
it was important to speak to the people affected, directly affected first in their families. And then in terms of the other houses across co-action, we would have spoken to residents and families there about what was happening because obviously the people coming from Vera to the other houses, there needs to be a whole transition plan and, and a communication plan about managing that process for people as best we can. And are you back up? Are all your services back up and running now to where they were before the pandemic? Unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. We're actively working to get day services back up and running um, and so we're probably 80% there but we're not 100% there. Some areas like Dunmanway, Clonakilty, which are again nearer to Cork, we're finding it easier to fill vacancies and recruit staff in those geographical areas. We're more challenged as we move further west. Uh, Skibreen is okay at the moment. Bantry uh, is under a lot of, we're under a lot of pressure in Bantry as well as Beira. So Beira is the most challenging and Bantry is the next most challenging area in terms of staff recruitment. Um, and respite is much slower to get back up and running because the public health restrictions aren't quite finally agreed for respite services or so in terms of numbers and the, the two metre distancing and the sanitising and all, all of the I suppose, control measures. We're, we're being very careful. Um, to try and, I suppose, still prevent um, closures and prevent outbreaks within services. Um, and, rest, and God respite, as you know, government is so, uh, so desperately needed for families. Okay, and what about, have you opened up hubs instead of reopening up the centres, the way the centres were before the pandemic? Well, what we did was we have hubs operating since the pandemic commenced and some of those are working really well. And we are currently, I suppose, in actively consulting with families and people supported about the future of those hubs. The HSC are very supportive of those hubs and it's very much in line with HSC strategy. So it's a document called New Directions. So some of the hubs have worked out really well for people and people really like them. Other people don't like them so much. So we're right bang in the middle of saying, OK, which ones do we think are sustainable and viable and something that people want going into the future? And um, One of the things that happened that during COVID with the hubs was that People were missing their friends. So if I lived close to Clannacilty and say you lived close to Roscarbury, you would have gone to Roscarbury's hub and I would have stayed in Clann. Now, you, you and I might be best buddies, but because of the, the physical restrictions on movement, we couldn't be together. So people missed their friends significantly during the pandemic. And um, Now that the restrictions are lifted, I might like being, you might like Roscarbury, you might have got to like it while the pandemic, 18 months on, if you like, and I might still be happy in Clann. We can now facilitate you to meet up and have gatherings together. So I suppose we're trying to weigh up the, the pros and cons of being more local to family and to your community because one of the big positives of being more local to home is that you're kind of, we're, we're supporting people to maintain connections and maintain relationships and be part of the community from which they actually live. So the hubs are the way forward really is what you're saying? Strategically and policy-wise, yes, for most people. Not for everyone, but for a lot of people we believe, and I certainly believe, that it's a more qualitative, a more meaningful, and a more—it's a more real life because you're up and down the street, meeting people that you know, interacting with people, and and maybe getting a little job or doing a bit of voluntary work or being part of a local tidy towns group. You're part of your community rather than going out every morning on the bus to the big town, coming back in the evening. 
we're disconnecting people from their local community. It's a fair point. Okay, but have, I, a listener is saying our, our, uh, is this, this is back to the poor communication. Our hearts are broken as we don't know what service will be cut or stopped next mm. and we the families feel we're the last uh, to know. I can't understand why we can't all work together and that comes in from a concerned uh, user. I'm assuming a concerned uh, parent. Are, are you in Are you in danger of closing other services, uh, Governor? Um I think we might be in danger of reducing services rather than closures. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That, that's not but, what families but, but want to hear. But I think it's important that when we communicate with people that we're clearer. I don't want to be scaremongering people, Patricia, and saying we might be closing, we're not sure. I think that's very unhelpful communication. I think we are doing our damnedest to get staff. We are trying really, really hard and there's no stone left being left unturned. And we will do everything before we start reducing or closing services. OK. And those two houses that we initially brought you on to talk about mm. in Castletown Bear, can you make a promise, or maybe you can't, will they reopen? There is absolutely every intention of reopening those houses as soon as we can get staff to run them. There is absolutely every intention. There is no intention. This is, this is temporary. As far as I'm concerned, this is temporary relocation of three people until we can get staff to run those houses. OK, well, that'll give comfort uh, to, the, to the families for sure. OK, listen, Governor, I really appreciate you taking time out to talk to us. Thank you for that. And, and I thanks. appreciate the call, Patricia. Thanks Many for joining thanks. us. Uh, bye-bye, bye-bye. 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 That is uh, Governor Nee Crowley, who is the CEO of uh, Coaction in West Cork. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.